Testing. All right. Um, welcome to my new podcast. My name is Ben Brown, and this is, honestly, you must forgive me because this is a bit of a test podcast. I'm also doing this in my flat um, in the UK, which is right next to two main roads. So if there's a bit of noise in the background, I do apologize. But yeah, um, the reason I'm starting this podcast or the reason I'm doing this particular podcast right now um, is to try and not let perfection get in the way of progress. So um, this podcast is going to be about me. <laughs> this podcast is going to be about me. Now, this particular episode is going to be about me. <clears throat> and the podcast from now on is going to be with uh, featuring me um, sort of interviewing people, my friends. There's going to be several different types of sort of podcasts that I'm going to be doing on here. Some are going to be based around music. Most of it's going to be based around art. Um, we're, I'm going to be doing um, some pondering. I'm going to be um, sort of interviewing and, and chatting to friends and interesting people that I meet through my life. And we're going to ponder with purpose, hopefully multiple times, especially with my friends. I want to have guests come in and it, it, people who are influential in my life <clears throat> and sort of do inf interviews and try and like squeeze knowledge out of people to be shared on the interwebs. Um, so, yes, um, bear with me whilst I jump into this podcasting world. Um, most of you that are here are probably here from... Um, knowing me previously online i used to be a youtuber <clears throat> and uh so i guess i give give like a bit of a rundown in history just really explaining why i'm starting a podcast well firstly like communication um adaptive communication so i used to do a lot of youtube videos i used to do daily videos at one stage um which was super fun part of my life for many years i've done i've uploaded over 1100 videos on my youtube channel so I definitely was considering myself a YouTuber, um, as well as a filmmaker and a photographer. And I've been labeled as a travel influencer. Um, and I've been basically making my living for the last um, sort of five or six years, maybe longer, through art and trying to figure that one out. So uh, I used to be an athlete. I used to be a full-time kayaker, flat water kayaker, not rowing. Um, and I got quite close to being an Olympian a couple of times. Um, and I had some successes in kayaking. I was a uh, world champion uh, for marathon kayaking uh, when I was a junior and when I was a senior. <clears throat> and then I left that whole athletic career uh, when I had... Uh, uh, Whilst I was paddling, whilst I was training, and bear in mind this was like a full-time thing for me from the age of about 15. Um, I'm now 32, by the way. Um, whilst I was doing that, I was really interested in photography and expressing myself through art. <clears throat> Although I didn't exactly know why I was doing it at the time, it was just kind of fun. And I, I just like capturing memories and... Um, I took a lot of time and care over making sure that my photos were as best as I could make them, you know, and, and share my travels with my family when I came home because 
that's another thing kayaking gave me was like a a bit of a love for traveling and exploring the world and understanding about other people and other cultures um but a lot of the traveling that i used to do with kayaking we literally like there's no money in kayaking so um we used to go fly out do the race and then fly straight back home again rarely with any opportunity to really explore the country or get to know it better um but at the same time we used to go on nice long training camps um in warmer climates during the winter um been to australia several times for racing and, and training and traveled all over europe because kayaking is really big in europe <clears throat> so yeah i had a great time being an athlete um but i got kind of fed up with it i suppose after a while because um despite me getting faster and faster every single year as an individual if there wasn't a place for me on the team my funding would be dropped straight away so money money was always a struggle not a struggle because I grew up in a um, middle-class family in Surrey in the UK so I was always very well supported never had to worry about a thing um, <clears throat> but I always found it difficult to understand why um, our sport wasn't bigger and more popular um, and I was like if it was bigger and popular that it would be a lot easier for us to all make money and then if we didn't have to worry about money we could train harder so I was trying to problem solve that the whole time and I used to do that by, um, especially after I won the world championships in 2010, I got on Instagram and I started showing off like my photography skills and then I started, I bought a GoPro, one of the first GoPros that came out. Um, I actually was the, I bought the first GoPro, it didn't work and then the GoPro Hero 2, um, I got that and then I started making travel films. Um, when I used to go kayaking and people were saying, well, actually, you should think about doing this film stuff. Like, you're pretty good at it. And I was like, shit, I enjoy it. Um, it goes really well with my photography, too. And at the same time, the kind of benefit for the whole visual um, artistic journey that I was undertaking was that as a kayaker with, with no money and no sponsors, um, it was a lot easier for sponsors to give me stuff when I had a profile online and when I was making videos and just being active, you know, with um, with my marketing of their products. <clears throat> so then I found myself getting more products and being supported better and, and the art was like uh, a really nice complement to my athletic career. Um, and then one day um, in 2013, I think, I was... Um, I had to make a choice because I was invited um, to India um, with Jack and Finn Harries, uh, who were also YouTubers at the time. Uh, Jack particularly was like um, running this, ch running his channel called Jack's Gap, and he wanted to go to India, take a team of people out there, raise a bunch of money for charity, and do the rickshaw run, which was like a two thousand mile expedition in tiny little rickshaws, and there were seven of us. So I was invited. I was invited because of my previous work that um, that I'd done, and he, he wanted me to come and shoot and help and be part of the team. Um, I also have ex had some experience since I was older than most of the team. I also had more sort of life experience, and I suppose part of the um, my the benefit of having me on board was that I've also spent a lot of time in Africa, not a lot, but like at the time I was I was exploring Africa. So I was I was fit for the job. <clears throat> and I, I think I did a really good job of helping the guys film um, the India Rickshaw Run. And we had the best fucking time in India. It was so much fun. I'd love to go back and do that again. 
an amazing team. And the series came out incredible. It's four part, 15 minute series on Jack Scapp if you want to go and check it out and see what we used to look like before, um, before the internet really like um, made me old, made me look old. Um, so, but the point of the, the rickshaw run story is that I basically had to choose between going to the world championships for kayaking or going to India on a wild expedition um, and I knew what going to India would mean. I knew it meant that this was an opportunity for me to like really explore filmmaking, photography, and being an adventure traveler. That's what I wanted to do, like deep down. I was kind of just also in the time with the kayaking when it was like, I felt like super underappreciated um, by um, the management of British kayaking. Um, and there was all sorts of complications around funding and there's like a funding structure whereby you basically have to get certain results in order to like earn your funding for the next year so it doesn't matter if you're faster if you don't have quite if you don't have a good year they, your funding goes down and when i say funding like the most amount of funding that i was on when i was a professional athlete training full time the most funding i got was 13,000 pounds a year from the lottery and um, to me at the time, I was like, I'm sorted. Like all I need is 13,000 pounds a year. Like I don't, I don't have really many expenses, but then of course, along with the contract of um, taking the national lotteries, uh, Sport England's money is that you have to move and to move house to where the training was, where all the coaching was, which also meant that I had to move away from my canoe club, which I grew up in and actually laid the foundations for my athletic career um so it was a really strange time in my life where i was like i really want to go to the olympics but i like mostly wanted to go to the olympics <laughs> well to be an olympian of course that was like the dream of all athletes um for some reason but i mostly just wanted to uh progress in my sport enough and get fast enough to make a living so that I could continue doing my sport. That's all I really wanted. Um, so art came in as a complement for that and sort of helped me problem solve that financially that side of things. Um, because I suddenly started growing, I started growing an audience. And when you have an audience that's backing you, you can do anything basically, it's, it's amazing. You don't even need that many people. So to begin with, I made, used to make these t-shirts and I used to sell like a hundred t-shirts. Um, and that would get me enough money for a few more weeks. And then I'd make a few more videos. But after we came back from India, um, I decided I wasn't gonna be an athlete anymore. Um, um, actually I didn't, I decided I was con gonna continue being an athlete. I was just gonna start doing daily videos. Um, Oh no, maybe that's wrong actually. I was doing some videos before we went to India, but after India is when I decided I was gonna go full-time daily vlogging because Louis, my friend Louis Cole, fun for Louis, who was the guy that actually suggested that I even consider YouTube as an option way back in the day when I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do. He, he was saying like, dude, daily vlogging is the one, you need to get on this, and thankfully I did. Um, I took his advice and I uh, followed my feeling with it <coughs> and I did 
daily videos for a long time. I took a few days off here and there when I felt like I needed to, but you I was made to feel guilty if ever I took some time off. <laughs> Back in the day, you were not allowed to say that you were a daily vlogger if you were ever going to take a day off. That's not how it works. So it was a really, YouTube was super different back then. Right now it just seems like a big disgusting, like commercial um, regime of algorithms that you have to abide by. Um, and it's really, I think like, since the popularity explosion of daily vlogging, it's, it's like with many things that I get into, like I I'm often get into them because they're a bit of a niche and nobody's really doing it and there aren't really any rules around it. It's kind of a weird thing. And then as soon as everybody was jumping on the daily vlogging bandwagon, suddenly people, I was being compared to all these other daily vloggers and being told that I was doing it wrong and that I was living my life wrong and I should be doing this, this and this. And like, so it was a very confusing time for me where I was trying to really like find out who I was and what it was that I wanted to um, create and the messages that I wanted to put out there. Um, at a time when, and, and in a world where people are demanding that you tell them exactly what your goals are, tell me what you want, like, it's, like, it's okay not to know what you want sometimes, you know, but um, it wasn't back then, so I was like, make your mind up, I want to be a filmmaker, okay, you're going to be a filmmaker, and then everybody's like, well, why are you daily vlogging then, <laughs> I was like, well, because I enjoy it, um, and it's helping me monetize my life, you know, and, and helping me get towards my goals. It's like a big stepping stone. It's just a another chapter in my life, you know, that's getting me to where I want to be, um, wherever that is or whatever it means. And I and I've I've established quite early in my creative career that it's okay to not know exactly where you want to be or where you want to go, so long as you're fit, you're following what you enjoy doing, like it and. I, that was true for me with kayaking and it was actually what helped me um, make the decision to switch from being like an athlete to a creative um, because I believe that like yeah winners never quit but like quitters <laughs> winners quit other things all the time that aren't serving them that's kind of so it's like a bit of a conundrum there like you got to to get to your goals you got to like be dedicated and never quit but at the same time, like, there's, yeah, you just get good at understanding, like, where to put your energy. So you quit a whole bunch of stuff so that you can give yourself energy to go and go after these goals. Anyway, I digress. Um, I promise I'm going to try and be, like, a little bit more concise, maybe, with some of the ways I try to explain things on this podcast. This is, like, I'm sat in front of a microphone right now. It's plugged into my uh, my iPad and I'm using an app called Anchor, uh, which seems to be pretty great. And I've literally just hit record. So this is the first podcast. And um, one of my favorite things to do is to have long and deep conversations with people. Like I love chatting to people and I'm not really the surface level kind of guy. Like I, um, I don't have much time for small talk unless it's like banter and playful and like just having fun, you know, like I, I, I like to talk about things that matter. I fucking hate gossip. Um, that's something that really gets to me is like when people feel like they want to expend energy 
talking about people um, in a negative way or just like in a way that they wouldn't necessarily talk about them to their face. So I, I often find myself saying, okay, whoa, 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 just please don't, like, don't, don't gossip at me. Like, I'm not interested in that. Um, but conversations, like deep conversations that matter, i.e. ponderings with purpose, I think that's a, a, a good place to start with a podcast. Um, it's just having nice long chats because they're the kind of podcasts that I also really enjoy listening to. Um, and this one isn't going to be particularly specific. This one, right, this episode right now. It's definitely just me, like, figuring it out a little bit um, and and kind of explaining why I'm doing this podcast. Um, so let me explain. So I since we've established that I kind of moved from an athlete into a creative side of things. Um, a whole new social world, meeting loads of incredible people, a lot of young people who, um, when they start to like, when, when you're meeting young people who are on board with something like YouTube, they really are very inspiring. Like the people that I was hanging around with and the people that I were meeting were inspiring me in all sorts of different ways. Like Louis, for example, was inspiring me to go travel the world. He's like, look, we can work with all these tourism boards. You can even get paid to do your traveling. And I'm like, shit, you can get paid to travel? Like, I'm in, definitely. And then my videos are going to be amazing. And I'm going to learn so much. And I'm going to have so much to share. And um, am amongst all of this, there's this, uh, for, for most people, the problem that needs to be solved is money always. So how are you going to fund this crazy career? Well, the funding and the money to become a YouTuber or an Instagrammer and start that whole process and journey, for me, um, I had no money. So it was a case of like staying at home with my parents still and kind of like asking them for support in the way that like they don't charge me rent. And my parents are incredible. Um, and they're very supportive of all my crazy like decision making and transitional times in my life. But it must have been particularly difficult to see me go from athlete into loose cannon in a sense, like not loose cannon, but like I can do whatever I want. Suddenly I found my freedom. So in order to continue that freedom and make it a sustainable situation for me, I had to make some money and that's easy to do on YouTube when you are growing. So you can get your YouTube. If we can get like, me and Louis were like trying to problem solve this whole thing and Steve too. Um, and I met Steve, Steve Booker, by the way, um, one of my closest, nearest and dearest friends. Um, Steve and Louis knew each other. And then I was introduced to Steve by Louis. And then Steve and I have had all sorts of crazy adventures together. Um, and Steve also was making a transition in his life away from like um, traditional business moves and like business building into becoming an influencer himself. Um, so we did it kind of together as a little squad and Louis was leading the way and helping us problem solve all these things. And the main thing that, that you need to sort of, we needed to problem solve at the time was like growth. So that was back in the day when, when Louis said on one of his YouTube videos, guys, go and check out Ben's vlogs. He's been doing these vlogs and they're amazing. The link is below and I'd be in the background going, hey, um, thousands of people would go and subscribe to the channel. Like it really worked. Like pushing people and sharing audiences used to work a lot better 
because people didn't do it quite so often. So when they did, they really meant it. Um, and audiences also didn't have that many channels on YouTube to sort of subscribe to at the time. There was only a handful of daily vloggers. So if there was another person doing daily vlogs, definitely we're gonna go and check them out. Um, and now it seems like it's a bit of a saturated market where um, you can find daily vloggers in all walks of life who are making incredible content every single day like I used to have the energy for. <laughs> and you can, there are like families daily vlogging, there are like families daily vlogging births, like birthing of their first child or second child. I just think that's an incredibly brave things to be sharing. Um, and what a wonderful, um, what a wonderful way for people to watch and learn what it's like to like be a parent before, without actually having to go do it yourself in a sense. It's like next level sharing at the moment is incredible. Um, so growth was our priority in a sense but always within like i was always thinking like my underlying core value has to be like maintaining my integrity with my audience because very quickly i had a small audience who were very supportive of me and i was like i need to take care of you guys just the same way as you're taking care of me you're watching all my videos you're hitting like and you're buying my t-shirts like i'm i it's a two-way street, you know, so I had a lot of support um, from my little audience and it, I didn't even really need to have like that big of an audience because they were so back, they were like, back, everyone was backing me, you know. I think it's more powerful to have a thousand people that will buy your t-shirt um, and watch every single video than a hundred thousand people who wouldn't like, don't even remember that they're subscribed to you, right? So I'm nurturing, I'm like nurturing this little audience and like starting to understand what it means to start communicating with people who are very different to me. Um, and also then what it means to like receive feedback from people who are very different to me online through comments and um, the whole the whole communication situation on YouTube just got wildly out of hand. And um, I really started to, I had to, and it took me a while to understand that some of the people that were leaving comments really like if i met them in real life i wouldn't take their comment so seriously if that makes sense because like we all know that a lot of people feel like they're they're qualified to make statements and say things about things but the very fact that they feel like they're even invited to say them in the first place is a kind of a, a red flag as to whether or not you should take their advice seriously um but yeah, there are many, many different types of people that I've been communicating with in many different ways across all of my platforms over the last few years. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, I got my my channel went at some, I think it's on like 700,000 subscribers. But of course, over the last few years, whilst YouTubers, YouTubers um, directly rewarding those who are sticking to the algorithm. So daily daily uploading um consistency um and those are the things that i was starting to lack i was starting to become less consistent with my content because since it became more popular i found that there was a huge element of competition that had been brought into the youtube space mostly thanks to casey um casey neistat who is like the day the vlogging youtube king undisputable 
champion of the YouTube. And um, what daily, or what daily, what um, what Casey did for the daily vlog was incredible. He really brought like a lot of attention to it and brought a whole new style and also a whole new level of commitment. Um, so I was making, I was filming everything every day and then most of the time I'd spend about two to three hours editing and then you've got another like hour or so either side of that probably to like sort all your data files out, find a place with good Wi-Fi, especially as a travel influencer, it's not so easy to find places to um, edit and upload when you're on the road, especially, I mean, it's a lot easier now, but even a few years ago, it was difficult. So every day I was probably putting in like between three and five hours work into uploading. And as the demand for higher quality content and, um, was going up um, I, I was also trying my best to match that and stay ahead of the game so I was like trying to find ways to make my vlogs more cinematic tell stories better uh, connect my audience with the people that are closest nearest and dearest to me so we can sort of c continue establishing like a personal relationship with my audience um, and I think I the quality of my videos, I sort of raised the bar a little bit too high for myself, um, which meant that to continue doing daily videos, I was spending like six hours a day editing these savage little one day videos, um, which was obviously going down really, really well. But as soon as I stopped doing that, because it wasn't sustainable for me, um, that's when all hell started to break loose. Well, not all hell, but like people started to get frustrated and was like, people wouldn't just unsubscribe. They would like leave a comment saying how much you'd let them down and then goodbye unsubscribing. I can't believe you've done this to me. It was really like a very personal situation. A lot of, a lot of angry young people who for some reason expected me to never ever stop daily vlogging and to never ever stop sharing my life or never ever change either. Um, so as I, uh, and through all of this, of course, I'm like trying to, I'm trying to establish an audience that is like true to me, you know? So I'm, I'm sort of planting seeds of information and having conversations in my videos um, and in my content that reflect my opinions because um, although I like to, uh, I like people to be able to change my mind about something and I'm ready to have my mind changed about something. I also like to have a good debate and like hold my, hold my own, you know, and, um, and tell people what I think about the world because otherwise you're just sitting on the fence about things and that's just like very plain Jane vanilla communication just expecting to keep everybody happy the whole time is unrealistic. Um, and of course, <laughs> once you start like delving into the differences that everybody has, it really ruffles some feathers and people get very triggered by it, myself included. Um, so I suppose, like, I don't know how long I've been recording for, maybe 20 minutes so far, 28 minutes. 
I suppose the reason I feel like this is all important to share with you is because although a lot of you people, uh, a lot of you people, a lot of you guys, you wonderful, supportive audience of mine, have a good understanding for uh, what's happened, but some people don't also, and it's nice to fill people in on the gaps and sort of say why I'm here doing this podcast. So, um, Throughout my daily vlogging career, I was also making every now and then these travel films called Visual Vibes, and the Visual Vibes were just really just like my best work um, to my, my favorite music, and they were kind of like the films that ultimately I wanted to be making all the time, but I couldn't because I hadn't figured out how to do that yet, and people were subscribing to my channel for the daily videos, and some people were subscribing for the Visual Vibes. So, um, I, my energy was kind of split between the two of those because really I knew that the visual vibes was what I really enjoyed doing. Um, and the daily videos I was starting to get a little tired of, aside from the fact that it's just like completely unsustainable as a one man band to um, consistently put that much high quality content out without affecting, affecting you personally. Um, because I had no idea about drawing boundaries around my work. Like I need to, this is something I've learned this year is like boundaries. You need to set your boundaries. Like where does work end and life and play begins? You know, like where do you turn your phone off and go offline and spend time in the real world with real people being a real human and how much of your time is spent being a digital human? And what does that mean for your mental health? Um, and your physical health and your sleep and like how much screen time I'm like staring at my screen the whole time just hoping that I can get this edit done to get it out to people who are then telling me that I'm living my life wrong anyway in the comments so it was a really like strange situation um, sort of love-hate relationship with YouTube um, and then we watched it sort of slowly dismantle um, and change the algorithms to suit other people than me, it seems. So then there was a stage where I was like, okay, I'm putting all of this work in. I have th hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And when I upload this video and I finally like send my message out onto this beautiful platform called YouTube, then YouTube doesn't even fucking show it to the people that are subscribed to me. Like, give us a chance. What are you, what? What are you doing? It's, uh, it was, yeah. It's frustrating, as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. <laughs> um, but I don't let these things frustrate me too much because there's nothing we can do about it sometimes, so other than adapt and change the situation. So I continued doing some videos for a while. Um, and uh, last year in August, June, I think it was July, August, June, July, August, um, so a lot of you guys will remember that... Um, I drove up to Kenya from Cape Town in my Land Rover Defender um, with Nicole Eddy, my ex-girlfriend, and we had the best time ever. It was very difficult to try and make daily videos at this stage on that trip um, because we're traveling through Africa and anybody who's ever driven through Africa at all will understand that it is um, a beautifully chaotic, complex task to to get through Africa in a car 
um, let alone with like camera gear and computers and trying to buy new SIM cards for 3G in every country and all the beautiful chaos that comes with being a, a travel influencer. Um, that's also around the time that I met um, and started working with a whole bunch of my friends in Cape Town and I kind of was establishing myself in Cape Town. So it's, I think it's important to know that before I, I was in Cape Town and Nicole is a Cape Tonian and I was dating her for years, um, even a couple of years before I even started doing YouTube when I was still kayaking. Um, so I've been spending time in Cape Town and I was just feeling like I was drawn to Cape Town and I was, everything I was kind of doing was <clears throat> gearing myself up to be able to afford to spend more time in Cape Town. And that was also actually another good reason for me starting to do the daily videos because it's like, shit, Cape Town's got internet and loads of beautiful stuff to film. If I can get myself to a place where I'm like sustainably earning enough money to like keep this going, then I'd be able to spend more time in Cape Town with Nicole. That was like a big motivation for me. Um, and I guess like also around that time, um, was when I first met, uh, or just after I'd started doing the YouTube thing a bit more is when I met Jeremy Loops, Jeremy, my friend, who's a musician from Cape Town. Um, a lot of you guys will be familiar with him through my content, or you might have even gone to see him live and some shows. Um, when he's when he's performing incredible man incredible friend incredible musician and just like that's a man on a mission right there so I already kind of knew that we were going to be friends and we ended up living together for like three years but that's a whole nother story anyway let's try and be concise <laughs> um, so I'm like spending time in Cape Town um, I'm dating Nicole my Cape Tonian girlfriend and I've got my Land Rover Defender. Um, I'm paying like <laughs> not a lot of rent, if at all. I'm like sort of couch surfing around trying to figure it out in Cape Town. Sometimes coming back to the UK and then sometimes starting to travel and like work with uh, tourism boards. And me and Steve went traveling together often and we were like working on projects together. Loads of busy stuff going on. The time actually flew by, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so last year we finished our trip, our three-month, 24,000-kilometer road trip from Cape Town up to Kenya and back. Um, we drove from Cape Town up the uh, west coast um, all the way up to Namibia, spent some time in Namibia, then went through to Botswana. Um, then we were in um, Zimbabwe, and then we went up into... Um, was it Zambia? And then we, we were in Malawi and we were in Tanzania and we we're in Kenya too. It was a, an incredible trip. Like I really, if you just sort of, if you check out my channel, there's a whole bunch. I mean, all these videos are still on my channel. So if you ever wanted to check them out, they're there. Um, yeah, we did that trip. And then we, last year I was caught up with um, a lot of, a lot of great work was coming in in terms of like com commercial work and I was starting to work with some bigger brands on some bigger projects with bigger budgets and what I neglected to do during this time was to actually like take some time to sort my finances out 
take some time to understand like what it means to be earning this money, what it means to be like sharing it and distributing it with my team, um, and just learning a lot of hard lessons really, uh, which I've only just a year later been able to like finally nip in the bud, and I, I'm still working on some of the some of the mistakes that have been made. Um, and by by mistakes, what I mean is just like not knowing that those are important parts of my life that I needed to be sorting out because I just assumed that like everything would be fine because everything in my life had been fine until this year. Um, I'd had a very sweet existence, professional athlete, white male middle class, um, growing up in Surrey in the UK. Um, like there wasn't much for me to be complaining about and because of my athletic career I very rarely took risks that would involve injury so although I like to skateboard and snowboard and surf and like do some extreme sports and be very active like that I always was looking after my body because if I got injured then my canoeing would go down the drain so I had never broken a bone in my body until this year age 32 um, <laughs> which I think it's quite normal, who knows, but um, this earlier this year when it seemed like I was only just really establishing how much sorting out my life needed in order for me to like continue and be happy, I, um, I had a motorcycle accident in February. Um, and luckily for me, it wasn't a fast one and it wasn't like a gnarly one. It could have been way worse because I do like to ride motorbikes and I do like to ride them quite fast. That's kind of the whole idea. Um, they are dangerous. That's why I enjoy them. If it was safe, if I wanted safety, I'd get in a car. Like that. Anyway, I'm not going to need to explain um, why people enjoy mo riding motorbikes and why I enjoy riding them. But this particular day, I was um, feeling super confident and I've been riding my bike and I'd had it all serve it I think it had it serviced and it was riding really nicely and I'd just been getting back into it um overconfident um was just taking like a two minute trip down to meet my friend didn't put my jacket on I had gloves and helmet of course and all the other gear but I was just wearing a t-shirt like yeah of course I can just ride down the road in my t-shirt um Next thing I know, I uh, the bike high sides me because I'm fucking around. So I'm not wearing a jacket. I'm riding two minutes down the road to go and meet my friend Nordir. And then uh, I come off the bike, um, go over the handlebars, land straight on my left elbow and kind of roll it out. Sh in shock, not really knowing what's gone on. Um, like somebody helps my bike helps me with my bike out the road and I'm just like oh my gosh my elbow hurts so much but there was not really any skin missing like I didn't have any road rash or anything so I was like flip hopefully it's just bruised and I've just bashed it mm -mm. went to the <laughs> I went to the uh the doctor got my x-ray and it was um my elbow was fractured and just a complete mess um to the point where they had to I had to wait a few days for the surgery to put it back together because they didn't have the right parts um, and, and now I've got 
um, an L-shaped plate and seven aluminium screws in my arm. And they put me back together. But the, I'd never broken anything. I've never had surgery before and I've never had like um, reason in my book to complain about much, you know. So suddenly the universe has delivered me a great opportunity to just stop assess my situation and and tend to all the things that I'd been that I should have been tending to in my life um really hard things like that you don't want to tend to and I was very much ignoring and trying to put off and just hope that it would fix itself you know um one of those things was um, my relationship with Nicole and really is beginning to understand that this isn't the relationship that I that that nourishes me and that I need in my life um which is very difficult because Nicole and I've been dating for so long and we we really really good friends and we've had so many great times together um and but it was a, it's a it was a beautiful relationship and we continue to be friends now and celebrate all the great things that have happened but it was it was time for me to have that conversation with myself firstly and just be like shit like um i've been building my relationship around this dream life my dream relationship around a dream life but now i'm starting to question whether that's what what it is i even want and then when you're asking yourself those kind of questions that's a really tough one and it put me down into a like a, a downward spiral where I was like, what have I been doing this whole time? Like, why have I been doing it? In the meantime, I'm getting a whole bunch of support from people online because I've broken my arm. And I'm a bit down and out. And lots of people are saying, hang in there. And like, But at the same time, I was just getting bombarded with messages from people saying, like, you've really let us down, bro. How dare you, like, stop uploading, like what's wrong with you like are you okay i think you need to like seek some professional help like nobody would throw away an opportunity like this and i'm just gobsmacked just having to like take a lot of time offline and away from the comments sections of my videos really just but at the same time i'm trying to like share my experiences with my audience to let them know like not to expect any videos for a bit because i've broken my arm and and then I, I also at the same time had uh, something called Bell's Palsy, which is um, something that I never even thought I would ever be dealing with. But Bell's Palsy is where Bell's Palsy is where you like through when you're very, very stressed, half of your face just stops working. And what I mean by that is like all the muscles that are in your face that help you express yourself and hold food in your mouth and close your eyes and wink and all these things on the one side just stopped working so i've got like this droopy mouth and droopy eye on one side and when i smile it's only on one side and i look like ridiculous so i'm dealing with that too which actually really helped me learn to like not really care about what people th thought about what i looked like it was like you know when you're kind of down and out so you really just don't care anymore um so i really started to like have much better communication with people um 
because people would be like, whoa, what's wrong with your face? Like, are you okay? Like, shit, you've got a broken arm. What's happened to you? And I'd just be like, well, I've had a bit of a month. <laughs> like, um, it's difficult to to explain to people what's going on when you're in a, in a situation like that, especially for the first time where I'm really only just kind of realizing that actually I've been suffering with a bit of depression for a while now. Like, I just didn't know what that felt like or what it looked like. Like, my emotional intelligence was low. Um, and anxiety was something that I was very used to from being an athlete. And I just thought, well, that's nervous. I'm nervous because it matters. That was my... That's what anxiety was to me. But so when other people were describing their anxiety, I didn't really get it. I was like, well, I, I haven't really experienced that for myself. So I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't really know what you mean by that. Like, I can't have empathy for that because I don't, I've never had it. Um, and then I realized that actually last year when all of the stressful stuff was happening, I was just being bombarded with anxiety and never to the point where I'd have like a panic attack and be crippled until whilst I was recovering from my surgery and trying to recover from my bad financial decisions um, and trying to continue to earn money to keep the ship going like uh, except not getting as much work in because people don't want to work with someone who's got Bell's palsy and a broken arm um, it was a very complicated and difficult and stressful time and that's when I really had like my first couple of really crippling panic attacks and then suddenly I'm like oh shit that's what you guys are on about this whole time I'm so sorry like I'm so sorry that I didn't understand like how could I understand until it's happened to me um, yeah so learning learning empathy through experience um, has been a big one this year for me and while while all of these things was happening it's also the first time that I'd actually been single in like five and a half years and during during those five and a half years I was dating Nicole before I was a youtuber we were dating then when I one day I was like baby I'm gonna be a youtuber now she's like okay whatever <laughs> um, and she I mean we've been through a lot together but I'd never been single like I've, I'm not I've not really been single for my whole life like I've not spent many months being single so um, I think that's another reason why I hadn't taken the time for myself to really like figure out who I was and what I wanted because I was always sort of um, um, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I fall in love very quickly and very easily <clears throat> and if any of you guys are into astrology it's because my moon is in Aries and, uh, and my Venus is also in Aries by the way which is a pain um, but I'm also a really emotional dude so like it, I'm a Pisces um, I'm just like I um, I struggle to communicate sometimes because my emotions get in the way I don't know if you've ever had that where you're like in an argument and you know you're right about something but you just end up crying and stumbling on your words and then not being taken seriously that kind of sums up like any conflicting situations that I found myself in when I was younger just didn't really know how to like um, control my emotions um, I was never really like a particularly angry kid 
like I was um, very fiery and passionate um, and loving um, but if I if if there was any misjustice that I was witnessing or being part of um, any misjustice was just like the worst thing in the world to me I would, I would cry and get frustrated and angry at the, the, the injustice in the world you know um, so after the motorcycle accident after um, I called things off with Nicole I also then moved out of a, out of the house that I was living in, in with Jeremy for three years um, I kind of that was kind of the start of like an awake my awakening as it were and again if you're into astrology my Saturn return I put it off for two years and then um, yeah the, I see the breaking my arm as the universe forcing me to deal with my shit um, which I am so thankful for now oh my gosh honestly it's it's really a difficult and conflicting thing to say but when you are really down like and really understanding like what it is to be depressed and anxious and have things not go your way it's taught me so much about myself and other people that in in ways that you can't really learn otherwise like you have to go there um to to gain the experience to have the empathy to then love humans even when they're down and out you know because uh it really teaches you that like shit sometimes you're actually not really in control of your destiny and your journey um completely anyway i certainly think that there's a mix between like um how much control you have and how much things are already laid out before you i think uh the details you are in control of um but the your reason and purpose for being here as an individual is something that i think we need to that we all need to figure out um and of course like i'm i'm five foot ten five foot nine and a half if i'm honest <laughs> and my purpose here is not to be a long jumper or a basketball player that's quite clear so like there are certain things that certainly aren't my purpose and I think that's what we kind of bundle through life doing is like trying all these different things and figuring out that that's whether it's for you or not and then accepting and enjoying that that experience and that mis those mistakes and those lessons are all part of building you into the person that you are supposed to be to crack on with your purpose and your reason for being here um, but without wanting to get too spiritual too quickly um, because this whole spirituality thing as a lot of you already know is like new to me um before this year i was uh i had atheistic agnostic tendencies in conversation around um spirituality and god and i had um very little patience for anybody who like didn't see the error of their ways or like didn't see eye to eye with me on things and I always thought that like yeah you guys with your religions you're definitely onto something like there's a there's like incredible good things that come out of religions and most of it is just the simple basics of like bringing people together teaching them how to love each other and uh, look after each other 
um, the problem for me always lay with religion in that think that each one thinks that it's the best one. Um, and so you can't all be right, you know, and actually in claiming that you're, you're the only one in the true way, like you're already like not really hitting the mark for me. Um, it frustrates me when people make their mind up about things and you, and aren't willing to change them based on new information, closed mindedness. Um, so for example, when, <laughs> I mean, this, isn't, this might trigger a few people, but I'm not going to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but just like, you know, when you're a kid and your parents tell you about Santa and one day you figure it out that they've been lying to you about how the presents arrive. But you don't get angry at them because you understand why they were telling you um, because it's fun for them and like the mystery of Christmas and it's all good. But when you realise that Santa isn't real, you let that shit go and then you move on and you look for new information, you know? You're like, okay, well, that actually helped me establish that like some things that people say aren't real. Um, but I will remain open-minded and listen to people um, and take on board all the information and then make my own mind up. Um, I think like everybody must maintain a, a relatively sceptical outlook on things in order to differentiate between things that are real and things that are, they're not, that are not real, you know? So when I talk about spirituality, it's like this is a journey for me too. I think for everybody, everybody's journeys are different. And the information that you come across during your journey will change over time and will allow you to change and make up your mind over time and build a knowledge base and wisdom around that. But you can't do that if you're just if you've decided you know the answers already. That was my frustration with religion. So now um now I feel like um Questions have been removed from my sort of thoughts around religion in that, like, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. All I need to know is that I'm being a good person. I am accepting of others. Um, and that I still like to try and back things up with fact if we can. If not, I'm going to go with my gut feeling. And learning to learning about intuition and learning about my gut feeling this year is what's actually led me more to spirituality. Um, and I believe, I mean, just to set the record straight right now, and this is subject to change because of my open mind. Um, right now, I believe that um, there is no one specific God. I believe that um, the universe and the energy of the universe call it maybe like source energy or gravity or whatever you want that's that's keeping everything in motion and cyclical um i believe that is the god i believe that's what birthed us on this planet on this um this this mother earth that has birthed us into existence um into our beautiful biological existence on this incredible planet i think it's um I think to to put a label on God and and say like it was a a man or a woman and they made this and they made that I I think that's it's like it just doesn't make any sense to me obviously believe what you want but I believe that 
it's about energy and the the our uh, if you want to call it a god that's us like you and me we we are the universe expressing ourselves right um so yeah anyway that's a conversation that needs to be like uh, explored for sure because and this isn't this first episode is not the first the place where I want to be exploring stuff like that at all I'm just kind of establishing like getting my first one out the way and like um which is probably going to be particularly boring but um who knows anyway this year's been wild <clears throat> I've had to change my mind on a lot of things um just for my own sanity um and I've had I also learned this year how incredible doctors are I mean, I always knew doctors were incredible. It's obvious, seems obvious, right? But they put my arm back together and now I forget, I don't even know that it's happened. I've got a big old scar on my elbow, which is pretty cool. But um, I don't feel any pain in my arm. I have full functionality of it and they put me back together. It's incredible. Um, what an amazing time to be alive. Um, even if, even like 10 or 15 years ago, the they it would have been a more invasive operation with a longer recovery period yeah incredible so thank you doctors for putting me together again um and also during that time i i was like shit people are getting surgeries all over the world all over the place and surgeries are so hectic going under anesthetic to then wake up in the morning and having been like cut open and like put back together it's really intense like that's a really intense thing to to happen and like it's happening to people all over the world all over the time and they're just dealing with it just getting on with it i was like crisis you guys are so strong like humans are so strong with yeah we're incredible um um so yeah um what else has been going on this year oh i also went to africa burn this year it was amazing We'll talk about it sometime. <laughs> but um, it also led to a whole bunch of, like, complications with Africa Burn also. Actually, although it was, like, a big blessing in my life, also added loads of complications in terms of, like, some relationships that I, um, that I wasn't, like, dealing with in the way that I should have been. And kind of still repeating old behaviours and mistakes and not learning my lessons. Um... That's another thing that I've been learning this year is it's like if the same thing keeps happening to you, it's probably because you need to change something and adapt something, alter something, you know. Um, but recognizing that there's like a pattern emerging around your behavior or around relationships or um, anything to do with the discomfort in your life that you are not sure. You're like, oh, why does this keep happening to me? Well, it's probably you. <laughs> Um, you can only take responsibility for yourself, right? So, and there are a multitude of ways of like changing things. Okay, well, it turns out on Anchor, um, on this app I'm recording, 60 minutes is the maximum for each section of recording. So I've had to start the recording again, and I guess you just put them together. I'm still figuring it out. But we we're talking about communication and how this is like a thing that's completely changed my life this year. Um, learning to be super open with your communication, even when it's uncomfortable. So that means honesty. And honesty, I'm not a dishonest person. 
Um, but I think being an honest person also involves speaking and saying things even though a previous version of yourself might not have even bothered, you know, to like mention it because it brings discomfort or it's not a conversation you want to have or maybe you're unsure, you know. So c communication is like... Um, in terms of when it comes to like your friends for example letting your friends know exactly how you feel about a thing really helps them to establish like their position in your life like whether or not you're asking them for help in something or um and then also when you open up to people it, it gives them a space to then open up to you too building and growing and establishing establishing deeper connections with your friends through communication is really the fastest way to like find out who your true friends are and wh why they're in your life are they in your life because you add a lot to them or are they in your life because they're here for you and they just want to make sure you're good so uh, all, all of these things like can, well, a lot of drama can be avoided in the future I've, I've realized by communicating things early on so when I'm talking to um, to anybody I try and be absolutely honest and draw boundaries from the get-go with like how much energy I have for new people that I meet and um, just be very clear with the way I like to operate when I meet a new person I have I have so many friends and I have like a whole bunch a whole tribe of very 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 close friends too so when i meet someone new and they want to be my friend absolutely i'm like i'm ready ready to rock and roll like let's get to know each other um but you must know don't expect me to just like immediately be available for you for example because i have an incredibly busy life and that's okay because you also have an incredibly busy life so let's set that boundary early and then nobody's disappointed um when people's expectations are don't match with like reality that's when people get disappointed so to avoid people being disappointed i like to make sure that they know me straight off the bat so like expect this from me but don't expect that from me and then yeah it's just establishing establishing like um establishing what it means to have relationships with people so um also this year um around the time of africa burn um i started talking to ella who is my new girlfriend uh, we've been dating now for uh seven months today actually that's quite funny seven months um and ella i met ella once or twice before we got on facetime when i was like man down and um i've met ella once like four or five years ago um when she was dating jack my friend and i then met her like a couple of years later at a dinner or something like in London, but we didn't really get to chat. I didn't really know who, she, 
like who Ella was or anything about her at all and she didn't really know who I was or anything about me at all we just kind of like were acquaintances um and then when I was man down um (laughs) crying for like days at a time into my pillow wondering how the fuck I was even going to muster the energy to get to the shops to buy the food that I need to live that kind of like those times um she was there for me on facetime just holding space for me and saying look like i've been through some shit too i'm actually pretty good at like going through shit um and so if you ever you need to talk honestly sometimes all you need to do is find someone that's re- like ready to listen and like ask the right questions so that's exactly what we did when i was in cape town we got on facetime a couple of times and um i had some some really big beautiful cries for the first time like I've been having big cries to myself but I always just thought that that was wrong you know like I didn't understand that that's what I needed um I needed to like release all of this emotion this built up um negativity that I've been collecting for years whilst I was captain positive on my on my daily videos all that needed to come out all the frustrations of like realizing that you've really fucked up, you know, you know, when you're like so upset at yourself. Um, and Ella was also helping me to like, not be like, not beat myself up about things so much as well, which is a classic move from me. Like I always just beat myself up when I'm not doing something right. I'm like, come on, get your shit together. It's like, well, actually it's okay to not have your shit together sometimes like okay yeah cool okay now breathe okay yeah everything's gonna be fine you know and that's like emotional intelligence which is where you realize that you're feeling a certain way you understand why you're feeling that way and then you give yourself the time and the energy to to not let it happen again or at least if it does happen again you're there ready to recognize it be like whoa i know this feeling i'm anxious like what's triggered me like why are you making me angry don't do that bro and then you can start to when you start to understand like how you're reacting um and responding to the world around you and in a reactory way which is just like which is classic um of me um then you can start to see the repeat behaviors and repeat scenarios where I was finding myself feeling really anxious or angry. For example, I've spoken about this in the video as well previously, but um, my reaction to people driving badly around me was not one of empathy. It was one of like um, frustration and anger and disappointment. I'm just like constantly disappointed with people's lack of ability to drive. And of course that's got nothing actually to do with me. <laughs> it's all these other people are like, somebody might be the best, uh, like an amazing driver and just happen to be driving by me and make a mistake. And suddenly I've like categorized them as the worst driver ever. And how can there be so many bad drivers around? It's so easy guys, look, and like getting super frustrated, right? Not considering the fact that everybody's unique everybody has had different driving experiences in their life everybody's experiencing a different moment in their life that also is very different to yours like all these things that i wasn't really considering and then i was just letting myself get angry about them and this is just like one scenario 
And again, I'm not like an angry dude. I just get fired up about stuff. I'm like passionate about shit. Um, and I'm passionate about like understanding why you guys all suck at driving so much, you know? Um, and I'm sorry if you feel like you're a bad driver. I'm not angry at you. It's okay. There's plenty of time to get better. <laughs> um, so now that I start to realize and understand um, and have some intelligence around my emotions and my feelings, I'm in a much better place to actually control them. And I think that's what like happens when you get older. <laughs> As you've seen scenarios before that previously have like ruined your day. Um, and then you'll see them over and over again. You're like, well, I've learned to not let that ruin my day, actually, because it's out of my control or, yeah, I should have been doing this rather. And actually, I'm partly to blame. Um, um, so emotional intelligence and communication are the two, two of the main things that I've been learning about this year in my like awakening. And... Yeah, Ella certainly has been helping me with that, but um, there are lots and lots of people that I've been finally getting around to like opening up to and giving them the honest truth about the way I feel, about the way I feel about our relationship and our, or our friendships and like where I think like it's nurturing me and where it's not nurturing me and, and um, really just trying to learn also which which people in my life are taking more than they're giving and which ones are giving more than I expected them to when I need them. And that really taught me how to be a good friend in myself, you know? Um, so my tribe, they've all taught me so much about how capable I am at helping them too. Um, and I think when you go through difficult times with people, it really strengthens that bond with, with you and that person, that relationship is like, um, better off for it if you can both get through it together um, so I had a couple of friends in Cape Town a couple of very close friends who at the same time as me were actually going through some shit too like some really gnarly stuff um, just and, and I was finding myself in a much better position than ever to be helpful and useful <laughs> and like help them through these times and hold space for them even though I was also feeling down and out myself I understood the importance of being there for someone because not everybody offers you space like that not everybody has the time and the energy like I was saying before I've also had to learn to like learn where I can and I can't help people um, and also learn where I should and I shouldn't help uh, or should and shouldn't ask for help from people so um, yeah, I guess I just got this fascination about communication and people and how to, um, how to manage being a human in 2018. It's complicated and it's, but it doesn't have to be. That's what I've also learned. It's like my life was way too complicated. I used to just think, and this is a very masculine way of doing things and going about things. It's like, get, do all the work, get all the things, make it to the finish line. Like the... I don't need all these things in my life to be happy. Some of the things that I do need in my life that help me, like with my work that makes me happy, like I do need a certain amount of stuff. Like 
but I love gear and I love to like have all the gear um, but it really is so unnecessary like I hardly use like I've sold so much of my stuff now this year and I feel so much lighter for it energetically as well like it's not holding me back and dragging me down um <clears throat> So yeah, in Cape Town, let's go to Cape Town. Let's talk about Cape Town a little bit. So earlier this year, I I moved out of my house with Jeremy. And we were staying in a nice house in a place called Woodstock in Cape Town, which is a really cool place to stay in Cape Town. If ever you go visit, it's really, really rad. <coughs> um, but then I, I decided I needed to move closer to the ocean. Um, and so I now stay in a place um, on the Atlantic seaboard side of Cape Town. And there's, I'm like a five minute, three minute walk from the sea. And it's the Atlantic, so it's bloody freezing. And I get to go and have my cold dip in the ocean in the morning. And we do running. There's like hikes around everywhere. And I'm finally also in like walking distance of all the shops and amenities and things that I want. Which is really useful because, or bo boosted boarding distance. I've got a boosted board in Cape Town and I love that thing get me gets me around so nicely um but being in walking distance and having like prioritizing my location instead of the size of the property that i'm in has changed my life completely because it's also made me realize like i don't need all this stuff i actually don't need a big house i do like having a garage for sure and that's certainly something that any uh motorcycle and land rover owner and camping enthusiast will need is a big old garage for all my stuff um, but yeah, just a little one bedroom apartment is all I need in a location that's perfect for me. And it's really cheap. Um, and if you're on Instagram, um, you would have probably been seeing me and Ella um, sort of decorating and making a home out of the, the apartment when we were in Cape Town like a, a few weeks ago. Ella came out to South Africa for the first time um like a couple of months ago and we spent seven weeks there just exploring cape town and introducing her to all of my friends and she immediately just was like we i need to move here so she, ella's a bit of a, a sun sun goddess she loves to chase the sun um so she's going to be happy down in cape town because it's in the southern hemisphere and right now northern hemisphere is winter southern hemisphere is summer so we're going to try and continue my perpetual summer situation that I've been working on for all of these years and and it was also a big motivation for me taking the jump into being like freelance and always wanting to be able to do what I want and travel where I want it's been about chasing the summer I want to choose my seasons I want to choose where I am in the world and really exercise my privilege you know like I'm not just going to sit around not doing anything um I have all these beautiful opportunities around me so Ella and I are in the UK at the moment and we've been sort of trying to tie away like some loose ends that have, um, that have been sort of certainly for me like holding me back from moving into my next chapter of my life. Um, doing some business and seeing family. My family live in the UK. They, they live on the south coast now, mum and dad. My sister actually lives near Winchester. Um, I also managed to go and see my sister, Samantha, who is a professional dancer. She is in the, you know, I don't know if you guys know the show Wicked, um, the musical. Uh, well, she's in that that's touring around the UK. So if you, um, if you happen to, if 
he happened to be able to go and see Wicked, go and see my my sister in the show. It's amazing. I'm incredibly proud of her. She's such a a brilliant artist. Um, her dancing is incredible. Anyway, went to go and see my sister in Wales. She was in Cardiff. Um, and there's loads of bits and pieces I've been, been managing to catch up with Steve, Steve Booker, um, a couple of days ago, whom I hadn't had a proper catch up with for ages. And he's also had like a wild year. Um, and I really want to get him on the podcast and we can talk about our year and like go like talk about our history together a little bit as well over the last few years of being like on the internet together. Um, and I also caught up with my old friend Chris, who I used to go kayaking with, and he's like now a freaking skydiving instructor. <laughs> and who else did I catch up with? Yesterday, my oldest friend Kieran, Kieran Reeves. He, he and I used to we used to go to school together, um, and we've just been friends forever. So he's like my oldest friend that I still I'm in contact with, and he's been he's a master diver instructor or something so he literally is like the top qualified diver um scuba diver and he's been working in um on an island near honduras and then he he's been traveling around um but last year i don't know if you remember i made a video i think it was a year ago maybe longer now but kieran had um a tumor removed from his brain he had brain surgery and that just like freaks both of us out a little bit. And um, I was like, so I, I caught up with him. I was like, okay, you, you're right. You're still alive. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I think I'm good. And now he's um, back in in our in our hometown that we both grew up in. And we caught up yesterday. And he's really like in a stage of his life when he's very free. He's like, I'm freeing myself up for the next big adventure. We're both, ex we're, I'm like four days older than him. We, we're both Pisces. And um, hence why he's a scuba diver. Um, but I'm just really excited to like reconnect with old friends as well. And I think it's really important to maintain in your mind that some of your oldest friends that you used to consider like your best, best friends, that's maybe sometimes you don't, are, you're not in contact with anymore. Like all of my canoeing tribe, my kayaking tribe, like back in the day, I, I mean, I spent my whole my whole teenage years and most of my 20s um, competing and training and racing with my fellow athletes on the British team. So like, and now I just don't see any of them. But when I do, I've got so much to talk about, you know, and there's no like resentment around us, like not making more effort to see each other because everybody knows that we're all on our own journeys, you know. And I think that's an important thing to maintain as a friend is to not get too upset with people who don't necessarily have time or energy for you right now know that if they're doing their if they're doing things right in their life in terms of um establishing like finding out who they are what they want to do and how to be happy and you're doing exactly the same then at some stage if it's meant to be both your paths will cross again like me and kieran and I was thinking about coming down to Cape Town and spending some time there. So I'm like, amazing. I'm so stoked. Um, so I think it's like, what's the date today? I think it's the 14th of December. Tomorrow I'm going skiing or snowboarding rather to France with uh, Ella and her family. I've been invited on the family ski trip. This is like high pressure situation, guys. <laughs> um, 
and uh, yeah, we're going to go snowboarding. I don't think they've had much snow down there, but I'm just really excited to get into the mountains. I'm going to take my drone with me and I'm going to take my cameras and a whole bunch of film. I've been shooting a lot on film instead of digital recently. It's just been um, meaning a lot more to me rather than firing off like thousands of digital photos. I think it comes back to also the popularity thing. Like photography is obviously booming in popularity at the moment. And myself, I'm definitely part of the partly to blame for that in a sense like I always always have been encouraging my audience to get a camera even if it's just your phone get out there and start creating use your imaginations capture your memories and share them um, it's such a beautiful way to live you know um, but I just got a bit fed up with the whole digital thing just like finding myself editing the same images over and over again and thousands of them um, and they just kind of look like everybody else's images anyway and then with digital, if it doesn't, if you don't take the right photo at the time, then you can just fix it afterwards anyway. So with film, it's just a bit more demanding of skill and it's a bit more expensive, which is also why it's not as popular. Digital is like a really good value way of being a photographer. So it's brought me back to my art a little bit because before I was doing any of this, when I was a teenager, I actually studied photography for a year and did my whole darkroom film development, black and white film development and processing, printing in the darkroom, that kind of thing. And certainly like in the future, I like to think that I'd be able to have some kind of property where I can have a darkroom as well in my house, like maybe in a basement or something, I can do my own black and white prints. Be really fun. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go skiing and snowboarding um, in France. And then we're going to come back for Christmas, spend family time around Christmas on the south coast. Um, and then we're going to spend New Year's here. I think Ella and I are going to go drive somewhere and like go and have like our own little private New Year's in an Airbnb log cabin somewhere in Wales or Scotland or something. But then we're not planning on... Um, we're only planning on going back to South Africa um, sort of the 5th or 6th of January um, when we're like going to be staying down there for a while uh, or at least until work has us flying back up here because Ella also is incredibly busy with um, establishing all of her work and all, I think like she's I'm not going to say anything about what she's up to but it's incredibly exciting uh, and in the same breath I'm also not going to say too much about what I'm up to, but I'm working on something, and I know I like keep saying like secret projects, this that, and the other, but this secret project project is like, if it works out the way I want it to, this could be like the main, one of my main legacies that I leave behind, you know, and I feel like I'm in a position where part of me wants to just go, screw this. I'm going to go and live in the woods for like a year and go offline and just be silent and read books and like connect with nature and just be a human because I that's that's why I love camping it just really connects me back with nature and I feel like I can scruffle around and be a human um part of me wants to do that and part of me want, feels like I probably should do that, but maybe not for a year, maybe just for like a couple of months or three months and just take some time offline for my own mental health. Um, but then at the same time, I'm like, 
I'm here, I'm feeling like I'm getting my purpose, I feel like I'm finding my feet in this world, I feel like I'm starting to understand what it all means in terms of everything that I've done so far on my journey and where I'm going and um, how I'm going to get there and how my impact of being a human on this planet is going to leave like how how what's the impact i'm having like is it a positive one hopefully if so then why not continue that you know um but i must just maintain my own (laughs) physical and psychological health whilst um trying to achieve all of these things that i feel like i need to be achieving so we're moving to cape town uh we're setting up some businesses I've already got, already got a business set up in Cape Town, in case you guys don't know about it, um, because I've been going to Cape Town and staying in Cape Town for a few years now. Um, me and my friend Sean, who I used to race when I was kayaking, he was a world champion and Olympian multiple times, and I beat him a few times as well. <laughs> Together, um, we set up a company called Atlant- Atlantic Outlook. Now, Atlantic Outlook is a kayak tour company, and we have a whole bunch of double kayaks and they're super stable um and we've got three amazing tour guides um who just seem to be actually breaking everybody's hearts because they're just like the sweetest and also most beautiful boys you've ever seen they're incredible incredible tour guides and most tours in fact i'm about to say like majority like 99 percent of the people that go on our tours see dolphins every single time and it's basically just going kayaking out on the Atlantic, on the ocean, in Cape Town. And when you paddle out to sea a little bit, you get a very different perspective of the very iconic Table Mountain and Lion's Head mountain range, which is like, if I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of Cape Town or if you've been to Cape Town, but it really is like, Table Mountain, I think, is 1,008 meters tall or something. And it's right next to the ocean. Like, it's stunning scenery. Like, the um, geography of Cape Town is really fascinating and a beautiful place to go and, like, reconnect with nature and explore the mountains and the ocean. Um, so, yeah, just I'm really happy with having, like, a, a little kayak tour company going on down there because it also means that... I, I mean, I live exactly nine minutes boosted board right away from this company where we launch the boats from. Um, and I love to go kayaking so especially since my elbow is now fixed since my surgery I can now paddle again Um, and it's a great excuse for me to get out in the water and see some dolphins and take some photos and just be immersed in nature that's like my everything I work for really is just to spend more time in nature and more time in places that relax me and feel like a a connected person so if you're in Cape Town, go and check out this kayak tour company. It's called Atlantic Outlook. You can look it up on Instagram. Um, and it's going really, really well. We're buying more boats and we're like expanding. Um, uh, but yeah, really, really exciting stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be establishing myself more down in Cape Town. I'm still going to be flying up and down to London. But another thing that I've realized this year is that like I need to take responsibility for my carbon footprint. So just figuring out all the strategies and ways to go about being a more sustainable human in general and also taking responsibility for the fact that I've been spending years encouraging people to be travel influencers. 
so people are flying all over the world and I know it's not just me and they'd probably be doing it anyway but and I don't I mean I can't take full responsibility for everybody's like carbon footprint but it's just an interesting dis discussion to be had because if I can make my money and my living without having to fly around then that's obviously the preference and until then I am I'm going to try and establish a way to offset my carbon in any way and like what that means um so yeah it's really exciting times actually because I'm also like forgiving myself and not feeling quite so guilty for things like I think it's um I used to feel really guilty when I wasn't um uploading daily videos because my audience would make me feel guilty because they're like you're wasting your talent you're wasting your um channel like look at all these subscribers also you're wasting like we've been coming here for years every day and supporting you how dare you stop making this free entertainment you know so i was made to feel quite guilty and that's like my own responsibility i don't feel guilty anymore um i also felt guilty for like this is part of the reason i found it so i was so emotionally constipated um before this year was because well, why would i be sad like why i have everything i need i i'm a happy guy like i have fun um i have everything that i want and need and more i'm very comfortable i have no reason to be sad but of course everybody always has reasons to be sad like all the time about things and unless you deal with them and like take responsibility for that emotion and purge it and cry and talk about it and get it out of your body it just ends up being like manifesting into a physical ailment like a disease or a sickness or um or depression you know if you don't if you don't deal with your shit um so that's not to say like if you haven't dealt with your stuff or haven't considered even that it's a thing that you might have to do to be happy in the future don't worry it took me fucking 32 years to figure out that like emotional intelligence is a thing and that um i have to take care of my my mind which will help me take care of my body and also to listen to my body to help me take care of my mind um take the time to learn about things take my time to reconsider what it is I know and how I feel about the world and um, yeah just it's been a big year <laughs> basically and yeah 2018 has been a big year I also went to Bali for the first time this year which is insane I loved Bali so much I struggled a little bit when I was there because I didn't ex I, I don't know what I expected but I got to Changu, which is a really cool part of Bali, but it's quite like westernized. Um, and I just, I kind of saw like lots of, uh, lots of the same photographs being taken by people in the same sort of way that was all aligning with exactly what you kind of need to get likes and grow you know like there's kind of a thing on instagram now where there's like a whole bunch of certain things that you if you do all of these things people will be like oh yeah i like that and i'll follow you and really it's almost like an a, a rule book of how to grow and get likes based upon 
growth and popularity really and i don't think growth and popularity are two things that should be um prioritized above everything else when you're an artist certainly when you're trying to establish a career for yourself as an artist growth and monetization and things like that are all problems that you're going to have to solve but not at the detriment of the art itself the whole point is that like it's fun right like to take photos and unique photos and experiment and do these things rather than just like copy everybody else's shit and then get the likes in because I mean I've been there with the videos there was a stage where I was like taking advice from Casey and he was helping me try and grow my channel and like um, really push me up to like a million subscribers which seems to be like the only sort of finish line that's respected on YouTube unless you've if I had a million subscribers and I stopped my channel people would be like wow at least you got to a million but 720,000 is like nothing <laughs> it's a really a strange thing but um, I was chatting to Casey and he was trying to help me since his um, explosion of his channel and he was like dude you're one of the like original he's not from California <laughs> he's like dude you're one of the original vloggers like you need to th this thing's going one way um, you need to get on it like start doing your clickbait start like exercising and working the system for your benefit I was like okay cool that's exactly what I'm going to do because like I can see you doing it and it's clearly working and like I'm really struggling here because I put years of work in and now my channel is like dwindling and people are getting frustrated at me so I'm just trying to like figure it out um, and so I started doing things that weren't particularly in alignment with what I thought was like me um, and I started doing things that I knew were like ways and sort of tactics that other people were using to get more views and get more growth um, and it was like a conflicting situation for me because on the one hand like with clickbait for example clickbait literally works like it works but it doesn't just work for people who don't know who you are what your channel is like on a trending page or something it works for your own audience because vlogging became so saturated that even if my video did make it into your subscription box, it's going in with a whole bunch of other people who have got like wacky, crazy, like titles and thumbnails that you're more likely to click on than mine. If my thumbnail seems boring, you're probably not going to click on it. And that's the unfortunate reality is like I had established an audience who um, was only going to click on the things that were that they thought were going to be fun and interesting to watch as opposed to like being as opposed to them trusting that no matter what the thumbnail or the title it's going to be a good video because it's made by ben you know um and the algorithms just did not help with that at all because then the less sort of traction you get with your videos as you upload them the less they get put into other people's subscription boxes etc etc so um i've been down that road of like popularity Oh, and also on Instagram too. I mean, we've all experimented with it, right? Because it works. But then it works if you're looking to build just a big fat audience. But if you want to build a big fat audience, or if you want to build any audience that's like actually interested in you as an individual, as opposed to like what they think is cool or what their dream life might be, it's a big deal online as well. There's like a lot of people follow to like, 
get a little hit of hit of like paradise on their feeds. So you're also expected to only deliver the things that you say that like people want to see, you know, so only the good news. So <clears throat> with my blogs, I became known as like Captain Positive and like people are like, how do you stay positive the whole time? I'm like, well, what, what have I got to complain about? Which kind of kept me in that perpetual cycle of like ignoring my emotional constipation and uh, not dealing with my shit. Um, so that's also another, that kind of segues nicely into like, again, why I'm shooting on film, because although film is becoming more and more popular now, it's becoming more and more popular because it's the original art. It's unique and people are finding um, work and working with film to be a lot more rewarding for them as artists and not necessarily just exactly what everybody wants to see and gets loads of likes and is popular. Um, because unfortunately popular is a really grey area. It's like popular opinion of things is like almost to be ignored in my book if you're looking for a life that is unique and um, finding out who you are and not being too shaped by all of the popular things that happen otherwise we're all just going to look and be and do the same and think the same and that sounds like a nightmare to me so I've always been one to like I used to have a sticker on my boat when I was younger on my kayak um, I think my dad even bought it for me or my nana or something um, and it said only dead fish go with the flow and I was like yeah um, we go upstream like we go wherever we want we can like kayak all over the place and that was such a nice metaphor actually for life it's like oh if you're just going to go with the flow of everything the whole time and just like submit to popular opinion and not really hold your own or have an opinion or be willing to change it like then you're just a sheep in the flock um, and with things like popular music I was never into popular music I used to listen to and I still do not I mean I'm a bit more into electronic and techno music at the moment but um when I was a teenager my I would vent my frustrations and my anger through listening and like express myself by um listening to Rage Against the Machine Deftones like heavy metal because for me people would listen to it be like why are you listening to that anger and I'm like it's not anger it's power it's like, it's people like doing shit instead of just sitting back. Like Rage Against the Machine, especially. I still listen to and I fucking love that band. They really are just like, they just speak so much truth, you know, as well. Um, but also, if you're into astrology, again, uh, my Aries, my, my moon is in Aries, which is my emotions. And Aries is the youngest zodiac and it's also fire. So, um that's why I get fired up when I'm listening to music and I'm like all my emotions just like purge through my body in fact if I didn't have music actually thinking about it now when I was a teenager I probably would have like been a lot more frustrated in life generally and not had that release of emotion um yeah interesting stuff music is like the cornerstone of my happiness and existence <laughs> I love music so much um and I've started playing guitar again recently because Ella's a musician um, if you want to go and check out her work, uh, her music is um, on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and things like that. Just look for, search for Ella Grace. Um, her, her music is beautiful and she's been writing some more of it recently. And it's made me also want to pick up my guitar again. So 
when we're in Cape Town, we like jam in the evenings and um, yeah, it's a really nice way to like be creative with something other than photo and video for me, which is something else that I'm learning this year. It's like, I don't have to box myself in um, as an artist quite so much. Like I, I used to love painting at school. I got an A star in art at school, <laughs> which basically like was my favorite subject ever because I liked the teachers. They liked me because I was like into it. Um, all I wanted to do was paint. Um, and you should see my big art books that I've still got kept actually in my storeroom <laughs> with uh, just like, I used to love acrylic paint. I just used to fill these things up with work. Um, so now I'm like getting back into drawing and my iPad that I've got with my little pencil thing. I've got this really cool app. Shout out to um, this app called iOrnament. If you've got an iPad Pro, get yourself iOrnament. Um, it's like a symmetry kind of pattern designing app where say you've got like a imagine drawing one section of the pie like drawing a pattern on it and it automatically fills the rest of the pie in it's just I can't really describe it but it's addictive and you can make beautiful mandalas so easily and quickly um, with this app so check that out uh, yeah so just getting creative in ways that aren't like necessarily conducive to earning money right now because that's the big conundrum it's like I'm trying to be an artist I'm trying to be a photographer I'm trying to be a visual artist um I need to make money too so you get caught up with like one specific type of art that helps you make your money i.e photography and film whereas I want to draw I want to make music I want to like make electronic music too I like learn need to learn how to do that for sure especially this year since I've been getting into like bit more of the festival scene and understanding like techno music a little bit more and also like I have a bit of a um I've discovered a bit of a um what's the what's the way what am I trying to say <laughs> it's like an indulgence it's like a little a dirty secret that I really love like <clears throat> some filthy alien psytrance music sometimes <laughs> which I never used to understand at all but if you've if you've been there you'll understand <laughs> um but also just like beautiful bubbly bouncy techno music i'm into as well and just soundtracking my life has been something i've done since i was about 14 13 years old when i got my first cd player for christmas and my first ever cd that i got from my parents with that cd player was um an album called urban hymns by the verve and definitely definitely check that out if you haven't it's such a beautiful album um, and so that's where like my connection with my emotions began on like my musical journey, you know, so like I used to love and I still do. I soundtrack my life. I, I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is choose the song that I put on to soundtrack my day. I'm constantly listening to music and building playlists. So also, if you're into that and you're on Spotify, search for me. My username is Mr. Ben Brown. I've got a whole bunch of like pretty cool playlists on there that I think you might enjoy. Um, and also feel free to share music that you think I'd like um, with me because it's there's nothing better for um, someone like me who's into music to learn about new bands and find new bands, you know. Um, and it's also kind of like swings back to my relationship with Jeremy as a musician. I just was like 
firstly loving his music and secondly loving that I could I was in the same house as him while he was writing some of the music like often I'd be the first person he'd play one of his new songs to um I was con oh, regularly involved in like rounds of feedback between when they were like producing and finishing songs for the new album that he brought out this year <clears throat> and I shot his music video for him and just been helping with his social media and stuff it's been an incredible learning curve for me and it's certainly like something I want to be doing more <clears throat> in the future is working with musicians and other types of artists um, to collaborate and continue to make things that we can't make on our own i think that's the most beautiful thing about being an artist is like collaboration uh sharing knowledge and wisdom um things like that so anyway i'm establishing <laughs> that this is these podcasts might be like between two and three hours long i think depending on how long um the conversation goes with whoever i'm with and i'm sorry that this one has been like a really random first episode uh, but I think that's kind of how it starts and I often don't start things because they're not perfect yet and I think that's a bad reason to not do something you know and these podcasts will get better I bought a little microphone let me know how you think this microphone sounds or how I can set up definitely I'm not going to be I'm not going to be recording these episodes in places that are quite as noisy as this one right now there's a main road right outside um, but yeah, go and uh, hit me up on the old Instagram on the DMs. Um, know that I read my Instagram DMs, but I can't always reply to them. Um, sometimes, um, yeah, it's just not, not always possible. So, But I appreciate them and I always read them. And um, I'd love to hear some feedback about um, this podcast. I also have a film that's in development at the moment in post-production. I'm doing finalizing the edit that I'm going to be putting out as soon as possible probably in the next week or two um, that's actually about music and uh, it's sponsored it's a sponsored film but I think I've done a good job of um, combining the two with my art hopefully it's pretty deep I'm doing a voiceover for it as well which is the other reason I bought this microphone uh, but yeah now I'm literally just talking to you guys like you're a friend of mine and I'm doing a super long voice note so um just know that this podcast um is my new way of communicating because i don't have to worry about what i look like when i can just um when it's just audio you know and maybe at some stage um a bit like uh, some other podcasts that i've seen we might have a camera set up and do them live on youtube and then it will sit on my youtube channel as well as being on Anchor and wherever else this podcast is going to be distributed. But it's going to be a really nice way for me to like keep communication going with you guys and let you guys know about things that are happening. Um, and I definitely am not saying that my YouTube channel is is dead and I'm not going to be uploading. Just right now, I'm not sure exactly. Like, I'm just, I'm feeling like moving into the podcast space a little bit more. Um because I, I also love to consume podcasts. Um, shout out to the people who um, who inspired me to do this, namely um, Joe Rogan and Bert Kreischer. Is that how you say his surname? I'm sorry, Bert, you're going to tune me for that. But I, he, he messaged me yesterday inviting me onto a podcast. 
onto his podcast. And also I've been invited by um, um, Rich Roll um, for his podcast. Um, we I actually had a catch up with him in London. Uh, I've never met him before and he's such an interesting guy. Um, really keen to like get on his podcast and like get deep. Uh, but yeah, this whole this whole setup will be more professional in the future, with guests featuring often my friends and maybe my family as well sometimes, and just like whoever I want really. And there's definitely definitely going to be like categories of the different types of podcasts I'm going to put out because um, I'm not sure whether I want to say this publicly or not. Or I'm going to go for it anyway. I really want to like. Um, I have a goal in the future of like doing a DJ set somewhere and sharing all my ma- my favorite music and taking people on a journey. I have like a new um, found appreciation for DJs taking you on a journey uh, through their sets and through their music. So that's like a future goal of mine. So maybe I'll even be uploading like a mix that I've put together of some of my favorite songs if I can get my life organized enough to find all of the time to do all of these fun things that I want to do you know but it seems like we're getting there we're getting there guys it's nearly the end of 2018 fuck it's been a wild year um I think we'll probably be uh I think next year's got to be a big swing in the energy right because it's it feels really like jarring to be a human in 2018 in the world um I think um got to swing back the other way at some point right i think there's like for me there's like a general underlying feeling of consciousness being coming up and people are really starting to understand like what's going on in the world what it means like to be a human um and i think that's being brought about by all the negative stuff that's happening in the world too so it's really brought people together to be like no we're going to actually stand against this you know, so take your stand because the only thing worse than people doing evil in the world is people sitting around letting it happen. So, <laughs> so be that person that calls that person out, you know, and like be the driving good, even though it might be uncomfortable sometimes and jarring for relationships and um, conflicting situations are never fun, but like we got to stand up and take care of people you know anyway this is the end of the podcast thank you so much for tuning in for this first episode i feel like i'm super nervous to put this out right now but it should be fine it should be fine um and also i know that just once the first one's out then i can start doing more and maybe i'll take oh i'm going to take this microphone with me on the ski trip and maybe see if i can record a podcast with ella um in france there are so many people that i want to record a podcast with (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. And, um, yeah, I'll see you in the next, in the next podcast. Don't, I think, I think I'm meant to tell you guys to subscribe, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, we're going to figure out how to make this really fun. Um, but yeah, big love, love all of you guys. Um, and I'll, I'll speak to you soon.